Thank you for being a part of our church service today. It is our desire at Riverstone Church that God's Word will work in you to produce an abundant field life. To know more about the ministry or to support, visit riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you today as you listen to this message. The word peace is common in most languages. People can talk about peace treaties or times of peace. It means the absence of war. And in the Bible, the word peace can refer to the absence of conflict, but it also points to the presence of something better in its place. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is erene. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. The word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. It can also refer to a completed stone wall that has no gaps and no missing bricks. Shalom refers to something that's complex with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness, wholeness. It's like Job who says his tents are in a state of shalom because he counted his flock and no animals are missing. This is why shalom can refer to a person's well-being. Like when David visited his brothers on the battlefield, he asked about their shalom. The core idea is that life is complex, full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these is out of alignment or missing, your shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole. It needs to be restored. In fact, that's the basic meaning of shalom when you use it as a verb. To bring shalom literally means to make complete or restore. So Solomon brings shalom to the unfinished temple when he completes it. Or if your animal accidentally damages your neighbor's field, you shalom them by giving them a complete repayment for their loss. You take what's missing and you restore it to wholeness. The same goes for human relationships. In the book of Proverbs, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom. And when rival kingdoms make shalom in the Bible, it doesn't just mean they stop fighting, it also means they start working together for each other's benefit. This state of shalom is what Israel's kings were supposed to cultivate, and it rarely happened. So the prophet Isaiah, he looked forward to a future king, a prince of shalom, and his reign would bring shalom with no end. A time when God would make a covenant of shalom with his people and make right all wrongs and heal all that's been broken. This is why Jesus' birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of Irene. Remember, that's the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer his peace to others, like when he said to his followers, my peace I give to you all. The apostles claimed that Jesus made peace between messed up humans and God when he died and rose from the dead. The idea is that he restored to wholeness the broken relationship between humans and their creator. This is why the Apostle Paul can say Jesus himself is our Irene. He was the whole complete human that I am made to be but have failed to be. And now he gives me his life as a gift. And this means that Jesus' followers are now called to create peace. Paul instructed local churches to keep their unity through the bond of peace, which requires humility and patience and bearing with others in love. Becoming people of peace means participating in the life of Jesus, who reconciled all things in heaven on earth, restoring peace through his death and resurrection. So peace takes a lot of work because it's not just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness, whether it's in our lives, our relationships, or in our world. And that's the rich biblical concept 
Amen. Amen. Yeah, today we're going to talk about uh, the first uh, first of our uh, topics, uh, gifts, I would like to say, for uh, Christmas, and that is the gift of Jesus Christ as that gift of peace. You see the first candle here lit, and that is to symbolize here the gift of peace that we have through Jesus Christ. So we're going to go into more detail about that as we work through the message today. But can we all stand? We're going to work through three sections of scriptures here today for our text. The first one will be in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We'll read, I'm read out of the English Standard Version, but please, you follow along in your favorite translation. Hope they say the same, right? Amen. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Amen. The next text will be found in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Everybody say peace. peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. And then the last text we will read in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14, give your fingers some exercise today so at least your fingers can work off those turkey calories. You know these scriptures well. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled, filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let us go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, thank you for your word, for your word is true. Everything that it says is true. I ask that you grant us faith to receive it as truth and also grant us faith, Lord, to live your word. And Father, I, I ask that your word will change what we want. It will change how we think and it will change what we do so that we will be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. A little context here for uh, the last text that we, we read regarding the birth of Jesus Christ. And uh, if, if you've been in church uh, and you've heard many Christmas messages, you've seen or seen the movies, right? You've seen the Christmas plays. You kind of know a little bit historically of what's going on at the time of the birth of Christ. We know that uh, Israel is in a state of conflict. They're being oppressed by, by Rome, who at this time is the ruling empire of the day. Uh, we know there's, there's political conflict uh, because of this oppression. We know uh, later we'll hear the story of how Herod is trying to kill the, uh, the, 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 the male babies that are being born, you know, because he understands uh, the significance 
of the prophetic times that they're in. So we see that he senses that this as a threat to, to his empire, to his ruling. Uh, we also know that there's religious conflict based on the stories we read in the gospel. Uh, we know there's religious oppression. There's legalism of the day. Uh, we also know on the opposite side, uh, there's liberalism that's happening as well uh, within the religious context. Uh, we know there's false prophets. Jesus talks about beware the false prophets. He talks about beware the false teachers. So we know that this is happening. We know also there's other religions that are there. There's worshiping of multiple gods. There's ethnic worship that's happening. So we know there's cults that are taking place even within uh, the Jewish religion. So there's, there's political conflict. There's religious conflict. There's financial conflict. We see it as a time of, of great poverty for some. Uh, we see others, though, who are benefiting off of the poverty of others. So we see a big disparity between the rich and the poor. Uh, we also see moral conflict that's happening as well, as, as well. We see prostitution being an issue. We see idol worshiping taking place. We see uh, uh, drunkenness being addressed in the society. We see those who are gr very greedy as well, stories of, of greed. Uh, we see emotional and mental and inner conflict that's taking place. Uh, we see lots of demon possession, right? Many stories of demon possession. We see people who are in great despair. We see issues like disease. We see leprosy. So we see a lot of conflict in the day that's happening during and around the birth of Jesus Christ. And so whether it's a time where there's the greatest conflict of all or, or, or not, nonetheless, what we do see is that God chooses to bring this gift of peace into the world during a time and a season of great, great conflict. We also look at our world today, don't we? And we can also see a world that's also in great conflict. We see, and I won't go too much into this, uh, but, but we see the, the political conflict that's existing not only in our nation, but also around the world today. We see financial conflict, a, a big disparity between the rich and the poor. Uh, we see relationships uh, that are in conflict, more divorce than we've ever seen. Uh, we see more family breakups. We see uh, just infighting, uh, separation between groups of people. Uh, we see folks who are battling internal conflict. I remember a statistic that Brother Robert read a few weeks ago just about the, the, the serious issue today of anxiety and depression and those who are struggling with their own identity of who they are uh, uh, as far as um, their sexual life and so forth. So right now in the time that we're living in, tensions are very high. Doesn't it feel like anything right now could just blow up at any second and we could be in a state of severe conflict? We've seen that especially last year. We see fighting, we see disease, we see anxiety. It seems like that we are at a breaking point 
at any minute. But folks, I'm here today to tell you that the same God who offered the gift of peace 2,000 years ago by bringing the baby child into the world is the same God that today is still offering the gift of peace. He will break into any conflict. He will break into any despair or distress because this God wants you to know that he has a gift of peace to offer anyone, anywhere, at any time. Can we give praise to God for the gift of peace that we have through Christ Jesus? God is good. So what then is this peace? And as I work through the message today, I kind of hope to define this peace as well. And the video did a fantastic job, I think, of trying to explain the difference between worldly peace and what the Israelites understood as, as shalom. And shalom being that definition of complete or, or wholeness. It was more than just the absence, really, of conflict. When someone greeted you and they said shalom, they were wishing you a well-being. They wanted you to be complete and whole in every way, in your mind, in your body, in your relationships, uh, in everything. Financial, they wished you prosperity and peace. And so, uh, again, today, if, if you were to encounter someone and you were to say shalom to them, you were wishing them peace or completeness or wholeness. So what then is this shalom or what then is this peace that's being referred to in the scripture? Well, the first definition that we come across this uh, peace is found in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. And we're going to be all over the Bible today. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to help you take good notes here. Uh, but the first place again, Isaiah 26 verse 3. And this verse reads, it says, you keep him in perfect peace. Say that with me. Perfect Perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The peace that we have through Jesus Christ is a perfect peace. Meaning that you don't need any other kind of peace from anywhere or anyone because the peace that God offers you is a peace that's perfect. It completes you. It makes you whole in every single way. If you're here today and you say, you don't know my situation, and I might not know your situation, but I do know the definition of this gift of peace, and that peace that God has to give you is a perfect peace that will meet any situation that you're facing. Another definition of this piece is that it's only from Jesus. John chapter 14 verse 27 says, The peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The peace that God has to offer us, he, only he can give. Only Jesus Christ can give you that peace. You're not going to find that in any relationship you're, you're in today. Husbands, you're not going to find that in your wives. And wives, you're not going to find that in your husbands, even though I try to be a peaceful husband. You know? Right, May? No ask for that. Right? You're not going to find it in your spouse. So if you're looking at it in your spouse, you're not going to find it in them. You're not going to find it in your boss at work. Anybody have a boss at work that gives you peace? Bless you, right? My boss, I'm kidding, I love my boss, man. <laughs> You're not going to find it in a better job. You're not going to find it in a cruise around the world, although that'd be nice, right? 
You're not going to find it in more money or more things, you know, and you can't find it on Black Friday. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find it through anything or anyone else. The peace that comes from God, this perfect peace, only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can give you this gift of perfect peace. Another definition of this peace is that it's incomprehensible. And that's a big word for me, so I have a hard time saying it. But the, this peace is incomprehensible. You know this verse really well. We quote it often, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, and the peace of God which surpasses what? Man, come on. You don't get better than that, do you? The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God that he asked for you just doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. They look at your life and they, everyone else, the sky is falling. Everyone else, Joe Biden or Donald Trump is ruining the world. You know, but for you, you're like, hey, you know what? I'm okay. I'm complete. I'm whole. I've got the peace of God living inside of me. And you can see it in the way I talk, hear it in the way I talk. You can see it in my face. It, you see it by the way I live my life and how I govern my relationships. I'm going to be okay because I have the peace that passes all understanding in my heart. It doesn't make sense when you come together this, this holiday season again and everyone's fighting and complaining and blaming, but you, they see the peace of God in your life. You know everything's going to be all right because you have the peace which surpasses all understanding and it's guarding your heart. It's also peace that's for all circumstances. I like this verse in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. God will find a way, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter how dark your circumstance is. Again, well, I've shared this story before, how my wife went, went through postpartum depression. And I remember thinking to myself, how in the world is God going to get us out of this? This is the darkest place I think I have ever been in my life as I watched my wife deal with this, this horrible issue in her life. But I promise you, even in that dark moment, in that circumstance... God found a way to get his peace to, the, to my wife's life. Amen. And I know no matter what you're facing, God will work his peace into your life. That's the power of this perfect, incomprehensible peace that only comes through Jesus Christ. Can again we give God praise for the peace of God that he gives us in our life? Thank you, Jesus. Well, that was the what, and this is the why we need this gift of peace that comes through this Christ child. We need this peace because we need peace with God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 through 21 tells us that for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, now hear this, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, 
he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. You can read more about this in Romans chapter 5. You can also read more about this topic in Ephesians chapter 2. But as we look into this verse, it tells us that we were alienated from God. It says we were hostile to God. It says that we did evil deeds. Other scriptures say, again in Ephesians 5, it says we were enemies of God. Ephesians 2 tells us that, that we were children of wrath. We're also said that we're separated from God and that we're far off from God. We have a problem and our sin has separated us from God. When I'm out on the streets and we're out talking to folks and trying to explain to them the condition of God with man, we try to tell them that yes, we are sinners and, and God loves us, but God has to punish our sin. Because if you think about it, God made you for him, right? God wasn't made for us. That's called idolatry. That's called idolatry. You, God was not made to give you everything you want and to make you great. No, you were made for God, for his glory, and also to enjoy him forever. But you, first and foremost, you were made for the glory of God. And imagine though, if you made something, you made something and you made that to do what you wanted it to do, but then that thing that you made, maybe it was a robot, I don't know what you'd make, but maybe a robot, but what you made didn't do what you wanted it to do. It did the exact opposite of what you wanted, to do, you wanted it to do. And then you knew that that thing that you made would never do what you wanted it to do. What would you do with that thing? Right? I ask people that question. You know, some would say, I think in their minds are saying, well, I'd fix it. You know, and I, I know obviously that's the answer that, that God wants to do. Right? But you know that what that thing really deserves is to be what? thrown into the trash. But God loves you so much. He loves you. And say, you know what? I don't want to throw you away. I don't want to throw you, even though, you know, I know you're never going to initiate a new love relationship with me, but I'm going to go out on my own here, and I'm going to initiate a love relationship with you, and I'm going to do everything that I need in order to be able to recreate you and make you into that new thing that I can finally create for my glory and for you to do what I want you to do. And he did that by sending his son Jesus as our gift of peace, making peace between God and man. That's how much God loves you. He loves you to death. He loves you enough to pay with the very blood of his son Jesus for your life. That's how much you mean to God by sending his son Jesus here, not to be born. Again, we love to glamorize and, and make this baby look so beautiful and so great. But let's not forget that one day this baby will lie on a cross and he'll be bloodied and beaten and scarred so that by his stripes we can be healed. So that by his blood we can have peace with God. Do you feel away from God today? Do you feel separated from God today? Are you thinking in your mind today that maybe God would not want anything to do with me? I'm here to tell you today, that's just the opposite. In fact, it's completely opposite because I know for a fact that the reason you're here today is because God is trying to make it right with you. God is trying to reconcile the relationship with you. And he wants you to know today, he made the sacrifice to finally give you peace between him and you. 
That's how much he loves you today. If you feel separated today from God, you need his peace today. You need the peace of God in your life. And he wants to give that to you. He desperately desires to give that to you. Another reason that we need this peace is because we need peace with each other. We need peace with with each other. James chapter 4. I'll give you some time to turn to that text, but James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Turn there with me. James 4, 1 through 3. says, what causes quarrels and fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. That says a lot in those verses, doesn't it? That explains a whole lot, right? Of why things are happening sometimes, maybe between you and others. And why groups fight each other. Because our passions and their passions, everybody's passions, right, cause a lot of problems in the world. Everybody's got passions about something, right? We quarrel and and fight others because others have what we want, right? We get jealous or we blame or we complain and we criticize because maybe others have uh, what we want or maybe uh, they're doing something that we wish they wouldn't do. Because we got our own passions, and they have their own passions, right? And so, so there's, there's this fighting, and there's complaining, and there's blaming, and this jealousy that happens between everyone, and others fight and quarrel because um, they don't have what they want. So again, we get upset at them, uh, but then they get upset at us, and so because of that, everyone wants to take out their anger or their frustration own one another. And we see that on so many different levels. We see that in the marriage. We see that in the home. We see that in the workplace. We see that in the church, right? Sometimes even in the church. Uh, We see that politically. We have that going on, right? Maybe one day the Republicans and Democrats will hug each other and say, I need you, man. You know, maybe we see that. I don't know if we'll see that or not. You know, politically, we see that relationally. We see this conflict that is happening, this unending cycle of conflict. It's been happening ever since Adam and Eve sinned. And there's nothing no one is going to be able to do to resolve the conflict that we're facing. Again, even if everybody did everything that you wanted them to do, which will not happen, but we will not see peace without Jesus Christ. We need peace. And if today you find yourself in a conflict... If you, see, if you find yourself in a situation where you're saying to me, Chris, you don't understand the conflict that I'm facing between me and this person or, or what they're doing to me, you know, how they're mistreating me, and I'm so sorry, and I don't want to sound unsympathetic to you. I want to give you some hope this morning that there is peace, though. There is a perfect, there is a peace that passes understanding that's in Jesus Christ that I promise you is the resolve for whatever conflict that you're facing today or with someone else. Because in Christ, we do have everything that we need. Remember Jesus? How many times did he have to tell us to what? Ask, 
right? How many times did he tell us over and over again, please, I need to get this through to you before I leave and go make your place for you. And I'm going to send my spirit to even help you with it, to remind you of it. But listen, if you're, li- if you're li- missing something, if there's something that you need that you don't have, all you have to do is what? Ask. Ask. And, and if you're asking for something and it's the wrong motive, I'm going to come and help you with that. I'm going to discipline you and bring you to that place where, I, you know, I can help you find out that you don't need what you're asking for. Anybody ask God for something you didn't need and find out maybe a year later, you're like, why was I asking for that in the first place? Right? How many times has that happened to you? That's the grace of God. That's how much he loves you. That's why the discipline of asking God for what you need is so critical and vital for the Christian believer. Right, because if not, you'll take out your frustrations on those that are really close to you. There's no reason Christian marriages should fight. There's absolutely no reason why we should be in conflict in our marriages. Ooh, that one hurt, right? There's just no reason why churches, believers should, should argue with each other. Why? We're praying people. We're asking people. And when we don't have what we think we need, we go to God and we ask him for what we need. And what does God do? He answers, right? He said, if you ask, you'll what? You'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, that door will always be open. Because that's the good God we serve. And he's a God who wants to help you with the passions that are inside of you. Either he'll change your passions or he'll meet your passions. Nonetheless, God has an answer for peace for all the passions that are at war inside of you. Isn't God good? Can we give him praise again? Isn't he awesome? Again, just think about it. Think about it. Think about this morning if you're in that state of conflict. Is it them? Or is it you? Think about it. Is that passion because someone else is not meeting it that you think they should be? Or is that passion... That's, that's at war inside of you, something that maybe God is saying, I've allowed that because I want you to let me meet that inside of you. Let God today, receive the gift of peace that God has for you. Receive that gift of peace for that passion that is at war inside of you. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another to live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Isn't that wonderful? That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, by the way. Amen. And lastly here, we need peace with ourselves. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot do so. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For this verse tells us the, the mind, the mind, the inner man is hostile to God. We've already read that. And, but it also says it cannot submit to God. It, it's impossible. The mind of the flesh just cannot submit to God in his law, but in also his promises. Your mind cannot receive all that God has for you if it is hostile to God, if, if you're in the flesh. Another verse that we've already read in Philippians 4 tells us that uh, it says, do not be anxious, but in prayer, right? But in prayer, uh, God will give us the peace that will guard our hearts and our minds. So we also know the mind is hostile. We know the mind cannot submit to God. We know the mind can get anxious. The mind can get worried. The mind can get depressed, right? We see that in in the life 
of uh, the unbeliever, but we, we can also see this in the life of the believer. And so when we find ourselves at, at war inside and we find ourselves uh, in conflict with ourselves, that's when God says, I also have the gift of peace for your life as well. You know, if you're here today and you find yourself in a state of depression, I've kind of already preached that message. I know that there's a God who has a gift for that. If you find yourself in a state of, of shame because of something that maybe you've done or maybe something that's been done to you, there's a gift for that. There's a gift of peace for that. I was in that place once. I shared this story the other day. After I came to Christ, uh, someone was trying to uh, bring back a, 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 an act of shame that I did before I was a believer. And they kept putting it back in front of my face and saying, you know, but you did this. I can't, I can't forgive this. And, it was, and I, was, I, was, I was in a state of conflict because I knew what God's word said, but in my mind and in my feelings, I couldn't just forgive myself. And so finally, I said, God, I'm, I, you've got to do something about this because I can't fully live for you and be that person that you've called me to be to others if, God, you would not help me to forgive myself. And God gave me a plan to, to that I, something that I had to do, you know, but it wasn't because works, I needed works to forgive me. I needed works so that I could have something to look back on and say, you know what? Look what God did in my life. And I followed God's plan. And after I completed that, when this person would try to bring this guilty act that I committed prior to being a believer, I remember one time I turned to them and I said, I rebuke you because I am forgiven. God has forgiven that sin in my life and that was not even who I am anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I finally had peace. And I promise you, if you're in a place of shame because of something you've done or something that's been done to you, there is a gift of peace for that. And I promise you, I will walk with you and someone else here in this church will walk with you and help you until you have received that complete, perfect gift of peace that God has for you. That verse tells us that that peace, it guards our minds and our hearts. It keeps others from accusing us or Satan from accusing us and condemning us. That gift of peace gives us life. It gives us life. If you have peace in your life, your heart, you have life. If you have stress and anxiety and jealousy, that, that, that's, that's not life, is it? I've been in that place. And you've been in that place. But when you have peace, there's an extra pep in your step, right? There is life in your bones. And that's something that we desire. And if you don't have that life, God wants to give you that life of his peace. It's a mystery, but it is so real for the life of the believer. It is so real for you. And I'll end the message today by talking about how we receive this peace. How do we receive this peace? The first way I've already shared with you, but I can't preach this message enough. And I promise you, as long as there's a pulpit and there's a Sunday morning and there's any time we meet together, you're gonna hear this message over and over again because it is the most powerful message in the world. And I, I wanna devote my life and soul to it. And I ask you to hold me accountable to devote my life and soul to this message. And I will hold you accountable to this message being the most important message in your life. And that is that this life and peace only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I have lived a life away from Jesus. 
I know what it's like to fight. I know what it's like to be upset with myself and be upset with other people. I know what it's like to, to not think that God would want anything to do with me because of my life. I know what it's like to, to uh, be ashamed of myself. I live that life. But when I receive the peace of God, the day when I, didn't heard, I heard the message preached many times, but then there was one time I heard it and finally it just, it was like I finally said, you know what, this is true. And when I believed in it and I received it and then I walked in it, it changed my life forever. And I am a man of peace. If you knew the old Chris, you would not like the old Chris. But this new Chris, I hope you like. If not, we got, we got to talk. <laughs> right? Anybody not like me in here? I just want to know before we move forward. All right. Some of you, I'm looking around because some of you might slip up. You might get your hand like that. <laughs> this new life I have is a life of peace because I walk with Jesus daily. I'm not trying to boast in my righteousness because not always do I want to walk with Jesus, but I don't live by my feelings. I live by my faith. And when I do and I stop and say, you know what, God, I'm going to take this opportunity to pray and to study your word and to proclaim your, your, who you are in my life. And when I stop and I do that, what a shift that happens in my life. And that peace rushes into my soul. And I know that that point, that my feelings didn't line up with my faith. And I know that I am walking with the God of peace in my life. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I urge you this Christmas, receive the greatest gift of all. And that is a relationship with Jesus Christ because it will be the best gift you have ever received. That is something for everyone. And it's found in nothing or no one else. Another way we receive this gift of peace is through prayer. I'll read this verse for the third time. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, everything, by prayer, by prayer. And then it ends in verse seven, says that the peace of God will guard your minds and your hearts in Christ Jesus. That's the power of prayer. It's amazing that when we stop and we pray and we seek the Lord, how quickly things change and shift and get refocused into our life. If you don't have a prayer life, uh, and, and, it's, and it's a discipline, it's a discipline. It's something our flesh doesn't want to do. Our flesh will find a hundred things. Even me, I've been doing this for a while and still my flesh is trying to keep me from praying. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I still have to, to, to discipline my flesh and say, no flesh. I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to pray. And I pray, and it's amazing how things reprioritize and refocus in my life. And I'm like, ha, huh, you know what? I thought there was a big red sea that was standing between me and Pharaoh's army, and all along there was a major highway underneath the sea. How God shows us things we didn't see before. How God opens our eyes and gives us hope and gives us insight and foresight and hindsight to be able to deal with all that we're facing, no matter what conflict, no matter what issue that you are in your life today, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, with someone else, with the world, with the Democrats, with the Republicans. I don't know why I keep talking about politics this morning, but 
Nonetheless, no matter with what you're facing today, in prayer, God will always give you an answer that will always be an answer of peace. Isn't that wonderful? Another way we receive this peace is through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Ministry of the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. God will give you the joy and the peace you need to believe so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit that Jesus said, I'm going to leave with you. My peace, I leave with you. I'm leaving you my Holy Spirit. He's going to be with you. And this, the ministry of the Holy Spirit that you need in your life is to always be with you in all circumstances and all situations that you're facing. I don't care if you've got a thousand guns pointed right at you. If you've got the Holy Spirit with you, you will abound in my peace and in my hope. We need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. A church that is filled with with the Holy Spirit is a church that is filled with the hope and the peace and the joy of God. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, we received him at salvation, but that, and, and that's great. That was great when God gave me the Holy Spirit to help me to believe and to follow his plan. But listen, God didn't stop there. He wants to continually fill you with his Holy Spirit. And you may find yourself in a place where you feel low. You may find yourself in a place that is dark. You may find your, yourself in a, a place where there, there, there's conflict all around you. But I assure you that when you're in that place, you are, you are not alone. And when you're in that moment, you lift your hands to God in a place of receiving. And you say, Spirit of God, fill me full. And just like Paul and Silas, when they were in the darkest place of that prison, at the midnight hour, when it looked like they, they had experienced their final doom, they lifted their praise to God and he filled them with the Holy Spirit. And the place where they were at shook and the walls came down. That's the power of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. I could give you story after story of how the Holy Spirit helped me in my life. I could give you the story after story of people on the mission field all over the world where literally everything was against them, but they had the Holy Spirit of God with them. And God gave them a great deliverance. That is why as a church, I pray everyone that is seated in this chair when we had our prayer weekend, that all of you would be filled with the Spirit of God. Because it will change your life forever. It will make you into a brand new person. You will be more than a conqueror. And every mountain that stands before you will move because you've got the Holy Ghost in your life. I urge you. If you haven't prayed to receive the Holy Spirit of God, I can't do it. Robert can't do it. No one in this room can do it. One guy can do it. His name is Jesus Christ. He was born in a manger 2,000 years ago. And he loves you. And he has peace for you. And he will give you the Spirit of God in your life. you got to ask. And you've got to seek. And you've got to knock. And when you ask and seek and not for that gift of the Holy Spirit, he will give it to you. I know he will give it to you. You may not get it right when you want it, but I know for certain that God has a plan to give all his children the Spirit of God. And it's a power. It's a great, great power for every believer. When you're here on a Sunday morning, it may not be the topic of a message, but you're here today. You're, you're, you're here any Sunday morning. And you say, you know what? I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Maybe you were filled 10 years ago. 
Maybe you were filled yesterday, but you're here today. You know, I want to be filled with the Spirit of God today. I just urge you to come forward, grab me, grab somebody else. We want to pray. Again, I can't give it to you, but, this, but Jesus can. We don't want you to leave here without being filled with the Spirit of God. It's so vital for your life as a believer. Isn't that right, Brother Robert? All right. I don't even know how long I've been preaching, but I promise this is kind of my last point here. Although I'm getting a thing of water, and that usually sets me up for about 20 more minutes. I can't get enough of this, right? This is good stuff. This is good stuff. The Holy Spirit prayer, that's some good stuff, guys. And lastly here, how do we receive? No, this isn't the last. This is the next to the last. I made an extra note. I made an extra note during that video. <laughs> the next way we receive, the whole, the, receive this peace is through being peacemakers. Everybody say peacemakers. peacemakers. That's not a gun. You remember that? The peacemaker. Um, wasn't that an old Western? I forgot who that was. Um, yeah. Not that. Yeah. All right. Thank you, man. Being a peacemaker. We're called to be a peacemaker. James uh, chapter 3, verse 18. Listen to this verse. It says, And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. A harvest of righteousness. A harvest of righteousness by those who say, you know what? I'm not going to contribute to conflict. I'm not going to complain or blame or criticize. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I used to live that way, but you know what? I'm stopping today. I'm going to stop it today. And today I'm going to devote the rest of my life to speaking life, to speaking peace, to speaking hope, to speaking Christ into every situation everyone else faces. There's everyone else in the world is speaking conflict. Everyone else in the world is blaming and complaining and fighting and fussing. Isn't it? Everywhere we go, it's all over the place. And we watch it on TV. It's all over the world. But if we would stop and we would say, you know what? I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to be a peacemaker. I dare you. I dare you to step up and be a peacemaker. You will be attacked. You will be attacked, but I promise you, if you become a peacemaker, you will change the world around you. You will change the environment around you when you get together over Christmas with family and friends. I dare you to be a peacemaker. I dare you to speak life when somebody else starts complaining. I pray you speak something positive for every something negative, right? It's 10 things positive for one thing negative. Speak life. Speak Christ. Speak hope through Jesus. That causes conflict in and of itself, Jesus says, but nonetheless, it leads to ultimate peace. It plants a seed of life. Don't be a complainer. Don't be a blamer. Don't be a hater, but be a peacemaker for Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Anybody want to do that this Christmas in a special way? God made me a peacemaker. Make me a peacemaker this Christmas. And lastly here, we are celebrating the Advent. And as the Advent, you know, we look back at the first coming of Christ. We light this candle because we look back uh, at the gift of peace that God brought us through the Christ child. But also Advent is a time where we look forward as well. We look forward. Another way to receive this peace is to look forward. To look forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The first one came. And so, you know, we talk about receiving this gift of peace. And it's a perfect peace. But we live in a broken world, right? 
We do. It's a broken world. And we receive this gift of peace. So we're trying to live, receive, and live out this, uh, this gift of peace that God has for us in a broken world all around us. And it's messy at times. It's confusing at times. It's frustrating at times. But nonetheless, as believers, by faith, our eyes are on Christ. And we're trying to live this life of peace that God has for us. But folks, I'm here to tell you that this life isn't the last stop for you and I. We have another life where Jesus will finally be the realized king of all the world and every knee will bow before him and he will be ruler of the world. And the scripture tells us when he does, let's look at the first verse we opened up with in Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 6 and 7, it says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. He will be head, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And verse 7 tells us, There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Don't give up, folks. I know it's a tough world we live in. I know it's frustrating. I know it's heartbreaking. I know it's disappointing. I know, and I don't know your story, but I know if you're like me, everyone in here has a story of conflict in your life. But I assure you, don't take your eyes off Christ. Keep following Jesus because he will be king one day over all. And then everybody will realize his peace and his peace. There will be no end. I promise you, it's worth fighting for. It's worth dying for. It's worth doing what you're supposed to do and following him because it will be a great, great life living in his peace. Let's go to Jesus in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We stand before you today, Jesus. And I know there's a candle that's lit in honor of you. And I'm glad we do that. But most importantly, Father, I am happy to know. But I'm not just happy. I am I'm filled with an inexpressible joy that, Jesus, you are right here standing in our midst. And God, I can't see you with the natural lie. But I know, Lord, that in my spirit, I know you are here. You are among your people. And with all the people that we're going to encounter over the next few weeks, coming in and coming out, eating with, celebrating with, the most important person I pray, God, that we spend time or being that I spend, we spend time with is you. We need you, Jesus. If that's you this morning, you need Jesus just with your own mouth. Can you confess that with him? Just say, Jesus, I need you. I want to be close to you this holiday season, this Christmas time. I want to be closer to you than ever before, Jesus. I want to just, I want to receive all that you have for me. Lord, I need the faith this Christmas in a bigger way to really receive everything, God, you have for me. Grant me the faith that I need, Jesus, to live completely and fully for you. I pray that my worship would increase over this holiday season. Ask that for him right now. Say, Lord, I pray my worship to you would increase. I want to give you more. 
I want to give you more than I've ever given you. Because Jesus, it's all about you. It's all for your glory. But God, with every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, there may be those this morning that maybe would say, I don't have peace with God. I think God is working against me because I'm working against him. I need to make it right with God today because I don't know if I were to die today, if I'd go to hell and I don't want my life to end that way. I want to spend the rest of my life here on this earth, living in his peace and following his plan for my life. If that's you right now and you're saying, Chris, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I'm ready to have peace with God. Would you slip up your hand right now? Amen, 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 amen. Anyone else this morning? I don't want to rush this. I don't want you to miss this gift God has for you. Your life will be chaotic without this gift. The Satan comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Satan will destroy your life, not only here, but in the one to come. You need to make it right today if you haven't made it right with Jesus Christ. You need today to receive him as your Lord and Savior, to follow his plan for your life, and to make peace with God. Again, anyone else here today that would say, Chris, I need you. I'm ready to follow Jesus. I want to be at peace with God. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. I see that hand. Church, pray. Pray for people right now. Pray to God to grant them the faith right now. You don't want anybody in this church to not live in the peace of God. These are your, these are your people. Pray for them. God, help this church. I want everybody that walks in that door to know that, that God wants to make peace with them. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, you would say, Pastor Chris, I'm in a fight with someone and I don't like it. I hate this conflict that I'm in. And I've said things I've regretted. I've done things that I've regretted. I've wished things in my heart that I've regretted. And I'm having a hard time putting Jesus in the middle of my conflict. But I hear what you're saying and I hear God's word and I need help today. I need God to give me this grace, this faith that I need to put Jesus in the middle of this conflict that I feel like I'm losing at. If that's you today, by faith, I want you to slip up your hand. It's not before me, it's before Jesus. Who's that today that say, I need grace today. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see that hand. Anybody else? Jesus, I'm lifting my hand up to you. I see that hand. I'm lifting my hand to you, Jesus, because I can't do it on my own. I really need the grace of God today. I need to receive the gift of God's peace today. Jesus, help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Jesus. Anybody else? I don't want to rush it. I don't want to rush it today. I promise you. I promise you the gift of peace, it passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense. Maybe you're here today as well. And you're saying, Chris, I'm so upset with myself. I've committed failure. I've done some things I regret. 
Also, things have been done to me that I'm ashamed of. And I've carried this and I just can't seem to get over this. Satan keeps accusing me of it. Others accuse me of it. I hate the way I'm feeling inside about myself. I want to be free from this. I'm ready to receive the gift of God's peace. If that's you today, I want you to by faith slip up your hand. Slip up your hand to Jesus. I see that hand. 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 Anybody else, Lord, I'm ready to be free. I hate the way this thing is in my life. I just can't seem to get over. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? They're going to lead us here in a song this morning. And if you're here today and you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know of someone and you want to stand in the gap for someone in your life that you know needs peace from God. I want you to by faith to step out. I want to come and join together as a big family group here and to say, God, we're going to be a church of peace. We're going to be a church of peace. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to believe in this mighty gift of peace that God has for our church and for those in your life. Go ahead. Let's go ahead and make our way forward this morning. Thank you for being a part of Riverstone Church. I hope today's message encouraged you to take a step closer to Christ. If there is anything we can pray for or talk with you about, please visit our website at riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you this week and may you walk in all of His promises and plans for your life.